Good morning, everybody. Thank you. How about we pray before we get into God's Word? Uh, Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that uh, we can come to hear about the testimony of your people. Uh, We think of Paul and how he uh, preached your word um, and that his testimony is an encouragement to us. Uh, We pray that you help us to see that and that we may be encouraged uh, to to live for you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's been um, great for me. I I, um, have been sitting here over the last eight weeks, been on a journey discovering uh, all these things about how Jesus has changed our world. Now, I got to start the series, and Dave got to preach the whole series, and now I get to finish it off. Um, So it's a really nice place to be. But we've heard over the last eight weeks a number of um, testimonies from different people. Uh, We heard from William Wilberforce and the lifelong work that he did to make slavery illegal. Uh, We, three days before his death, actually, it became illegal. Uh, The love of Jesus compelled Wilberforce to stand up um, for the oppressed. He said he saw God's word as showing him that people are made in the image of God and therefore are worthy of, of being cared for and that one person shouldn't be able to own another person. We heard about Corrie Ten Boom uh, when she met the German officer from her concentration camp in World War II. He'd become a Christian and said to her, I know the forgiveness that Jesus has for me, but I'd like you to forgive me too. And we saw how how she did forgive him. Um, But it was only possible because of what she'd been forgiven. The recognition of what Jesus' forgiveness meant for her. We saw how Jesus cared for women and children. um, And that his treatment of women and children gave us a clue as to how we can value women and children too. Uh, We heard about Catherine Hamlin, how... Her and her husband went to Ethiopia for an internship for three years and 60 years later, with more than 60,000 Ethiopian women treated for fistula-related problems, we see her legacy. I mean, the love that she had for Jesus showed her um, that she needed to care for these people. We heard about John Goodlett the guy who gave us the wood in this, in this, in this building. He gave uh, generously of, of his finances, um, but he also gave generously of his time. Uh, he, he didn't give his time over to become famous and to become well-known, um, but he gave his time to teach children. Isn't that amazing? And it was, again, it was the love of Jesus that compelled him uh, to serve in these ways. Now, Jesus, um, this series has shown us how Jesus has changed our world, uh, how his teachings and his life have, or his teaching and his life have inspired thousands. In particular, we've seen how influential Western, um, he's been to Western society. He's impacted society because he's changed the lives of individuals. So how is it that Jesus has changed people's worlds? Well, Jesus changes people's worlds by restoring the relationship we have with God. As we look at the world around us, uh, we can see that it has its problems. 
uh, on a local level. We see it in, in the relationships we have with, with, with other people. Uh, we see deceit. We see lies. We hear of unmarital un, uh, marital unfaithfulness. Uh, we hear of broken relationships. Uh, we hear of loneliness and suffering. Uh, at a global level, we hear of human trafficking. Well, at least I do in my house. Uh, we hear of wars. We hear of um, crooked governments, trade sanctions, poverty and inequality. I mean, it's pretty clear that the world has some serious issues. Now, some people might wonder why this is the case. However, when we go back to the Bible and we look at uh, what the Bible says about these problems, we realise that it all comes from having a broken relationship with God. It says that our relationship has been severed or cut off because of sin. But the Bible, the Bible goes further than that and says that we're actually we're born into sin and as rebels, I guess, and that we're the rebels and as a result of our rebellion, society has become corrupt and ignores God. It turns away from Him. So we prefer to do our own thing rather than listen to God and do what he wants now because we've done this Jesus comes into the world to change this reality he wants to restore the relationship we have with God he brings peace to the relationship so that we can honour him once more now Jesus did this he restores the relationship when he died on the cross and rose from the dead three days later and when we trust that this is enough to pay the price for our disobedience, our relationship with God is restored. Now, Jesus' death and resurrection pays the price for our sin and opens the way for us to be made right with God. Now, this is how God changed the world, or how Jesus changed the world, on a big scale. Okay? But what does it look like for an individual? Well, we just heard from Maddie, and that was wonderful, wasn't it? Um, but today, I want, us, I want us to look a little closer at the life of Paul and see how Jesus changed his life. So if you turn to your Bibles, um, this is the third time in the book of Acts that Paul explains his conversion on the road to Damascus. This time he's standing before two very important people, uh, King Agrippa and Festus. Now you might um, think, oh, I've heard of Agrippa before, and you're probably right. Um, actually, you've probably heard of his grandfather, who was King Agrippa, um, I think. Uh, yes, and his grandfather uh, was the one who sent um, the soldiers into Bethlehem to kill all the, the children when Jesus was born. He's got a, quite, a, quite a strong history. In fact, it was his father who then um, sent Jesus to Pilate so that Pilate could crucify him. So this family is a, is a pretty strong family, pretty strong against the message of Christianity. Now, the context of this passage has Paul in prison um, because the people in Jerusalem wanted to kill him. Uh, he's been preaching about Jesus and they don't like it. Uh, the Romans saw it as a, little, a bit of an inconvenience, actually, so they, so they decided they would arrest him. And then while he was under arrest, King Agrippa and Festus um, I don't know if it was for a bit of fun, decided that they ha would ask him to speak to them. Agrippa says that he would, oh, I'd like to hear from, from Paul. So, chapter 26 of Acts, that's where we're up to. And in verses 1 to 3, 
Paul's given permission by King Agrippa to speak, and so he does. And in verse 4 to 8, Paul explains that he was a Jewish zealot. Um, And as a Jew, he'd hoped that the Messiah would come to save them. And he tells King Agrippa and Festus that um, the hope he had as a Jew was realised in the person of Jesus, and this is the reason he's on trial. He says in verse 8, Why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? He's saying this because um, they expected it. The Old Testament shows that this is what was going to happen. And Paul's convinced of this. And so he says, why is this a surprise? But people are persecuting him as a result. Paul goes on in verse 9 to say um, that he too persecuted those who believed in the resurrection of Jesus. See, Paul, at the beginning, didn't believe it. Uh, He put many in prison, and many were killed. And Paul gave his approval to that. Um, He even hunted for Christians um, in different cities. But then something happened to Paul, didn't it? And that's in verse 13. So look at that with me. Because on one of these trips, something remarkable happened. It says in verse 13, About noon, King Agrippa, I was on the road. I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Now, just to make it clear, here it's talking about Saul. A bit later on in Acts, his name gets changed to Paul. So he's talking about himself. Um, But he asks a very good question in verse 15. Then I asked... Who are you, Lord? Who are you? See, Paul recognises that this light and voice is a voice that he needs to listen to. He calls him Lord, but he doesn't know who it is. But the voice replies, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. So Paul explained to King Agrippa that he was like the people who are now persecuting him. He was part of this crowd. But when Jesus came as a bright light in the middle of the day, brighter than the sun, he and his companions fell to the ground. This changed everything for Paul. Jesus said to Paul in verse 14, it's hard to kick against the goads. Now, this is like putting a spike behind an animal that has a habit of kicking up their legs. And we need to train it to to stop kicking up its legs. Because when it kicks up its legs, it gets spiked and it hurts. And that's the only thing that Paul is doing here. Jesus says, this is what you're doing to me. You're kicking against me, but you're only going to hurt yourself. Don't you realise that I will accomplish what I will accomplish? Your persecution is only going to hurt you. And then in verse 16 to 18, Jesus says to him, Stand on your feet, because I've got a plan for you. You're going to preach to many people about the forgiveness of sins. And this was the moment that Paul was changed. And then Paul goes on to tell King Agrippa and Festus in verse 19 that he was obedient to the vision and he started to preach the good news about Jesus. Telling the Jews in particular that Jesus was the one they were waiting for. But because he did this, many people started to persecute him. 
Now, Paul goes through a radical change here. Many Christians at the time were were scared of Paul. Uh, He was hunting them down and persecuting. But then he has this radical change and Paul starts preaching about Jesus. And people start persecuting him. He goes from being persecutor to being persecuted. And when Paul hears the voice of Jesus in his life, his life is changed. And really it seems like the persecution to Paul is a very minor detail. We saw a number of people up here today stand up and say, I'm following Jesus and he's my king. Now, if you want to know more about their story, ask them over coffee. Ask them why they chose to follow Jesus. Because once, see, with Paul, once he realised who Jesus was and what he'd done, there was a complete and radical change in his life. There was no holding back Paul from preaching about Jesus. So why, why this radical change in Paul? And I think it's a good, it's a good reminder for us to remember that Paul uh, was an expert on the Old Testament. He knew that it spoke of a king that would come to save the world. Um, And when Jesus met him along the road, he quickly realised that this was the promised king. And it changed everything. Look at verses 22 and 23. About halfway through uh, verse 22. It says, I am saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen. That the Messiah would suffer and be the first to rise from the dead would bring the message of light to his own people and to the Gentiles. It's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> Paul knows from, his, from all that he has learned before that Jesus is the promised Messiah that was to come. The Old Testament spoke of him, and here he is. Paul realised that Jesus' death wasn't the sign of success for the Jewish believers, But it was actually the wildest plan ever imagined. Where God would send down his own son to die and rise from the dead in order to restore humanity to himself. I mean, this is Jesus, the great restorer. Paul saw it. (laughs) The people that I started this talk with saw it. We heard from our our family that came up and, and shared this morning how they saw it. And now, and we heard from Maddie. And now I'm going to share a little bit about my story. Well, I grew up in, a, in um, knowing about Jesus uh, for many years. However, I thought I knew better than Jesus. Um, and I thought I knew what was going to make me happy and fulfil me. But the problem for me was that it seemed all very superficial. Things satisfied for a little while, but it never lasted long. And I got to a point where I actually decided to go to England uh, and travel um, my mum thought it was a really great idea, and I say really great because I was not very much in favour of this really great idea, um, to go with a Christian travel company. Um, and although I didn't want to, the price was right, and so I went with them for a trip around Europe for uh, a month. Um, I went to Holland, Germany, Switzerland, Austria, Hungary, Italy, France, and then back to England again. Um, now, it was a great time. Um, I kept to myself a lot during that trip, um, but I just hung out with people because I thought it was the polite thing to do. But there were two things on that trip that really affected me. The first was uh, the leaders on that trip. They, They loved and cared for me and each other like I'd never seen before. It was 
it actually seemed like they really did love me and they really did love each other. And the second thing that affected me was the talks that we heard each night, which I didn't know about before. Um, the bus driver was uh, a preacher and he shared from the Bible each night from the book of Acts, the same book that we're looking at today. And as we went into Italy and we drove closer and closer to Rome, the more I realised that this person of Paul that we're learning about today, um, and I learnt about his radical change, and I realised that I was walking on the same roads that he was on. This was the same... uh, He was imprisoned in a place close to where I walked. (laughs) And he visited the catacombs that that I went into. And it became oh so real, everything, that when I heard about what Jesus had done for Paul, uh, I wanted to know Jesus like Paul. In fact, the desire got so strong one night when I was way down in the south of Italy, I had to get on my knees and ask Jesus to forgive me for ignoring him and I asked him to radically change me. But I didn't want an ordinary change. I'd seen the change in Paul. I wanted a radical change. I wanted a change like Paul. Use me however you want, Lord, but change me. Now, I thank God for the journey that he's put me on up till now. Um, 25 years later, God's been faithful. The last 12 years in Ecuador have been uh, wonderful and God's used used me in many ways. Uh, that I couldn't have even imagined back then. And here I am today in the middle of a great bunch of people who, who we call family. Um, and he continues to be faithful. He continues to grow me to be more like Jesus every day. Now, I'm not going to say that life has been a complete bed of roses. It's been hard. Um, and I've made my fair share of mistakes. I'm sure you know, because you've made mistakes too. Uh, And we continue to make mistakes. But I know that the forgiveness that Jesus has for me is far bigger than my sin. Jesus has changed my life forever. So I have a question for you today. How is Jesus going to change your life? At the beginning we saw how Jesus changes the lives of all these different people throughout this series. He's used them all. We've seen how Jesus has changed Paul's life. You've heard how he's changed my life. So now it's your turn. Today, walking around on this earth, there are 2.1 billion people who have been changed by Jesus just like me. That's incredible, isn't it? 2.1 billion. Now all these people know that Jesus could bring them life. He came from heaven and he took on flesh to set us free from the stranglehold that sin had on us. He came to set us free and he says to you, trust me and I will keep you safe. He gives us freedom and he's given us a life that never ends. Why would you say no to that? Now, whatever you're facing, you don't need to be fearful. I just bumped into a guy out the front today Um, And he says he's lonely. And he hates to say it. We hate to say it. We're scared, aren't we? And sometimes we, we are lonely and we don't know what to do. But in Jesus, you are safe and secure. 
And you are not alone. <laughs> we have a family. The Apostle Paul knew this. He didn't run away. After he was persecuted, if you go back to chapter one of, uh, sorry, chapter 21 of Acts, you'll, you'll be able to see that from chapter 21 to 26, there's this whole rush of events. And Paul preaches, he gets persecuted, he gets up, he preaches again, he gets persecuted. He just goes on. He's relentless, this guy. Paul knew that God would keep him safe even in death. And that's why he didn't stop when people persecuted him. Why would you when you know you're completely safe? This deep trust that God can keep you safe, even in death, is the same reason why people all around the world today follow Jesus, even when they're facing hardship, persecution, ridicule, and even prison. Some of you may remember the missionary to Ecuador, Jim Elliott, um, he was one of five men who were martyred uh, when they went into the jungle of Ecuador nearly 70 years ago. Now, Jim and his friends risked everything. In fact, they gave up their lives to tell the Warani people about Jesus. In fact, before the ministry to these people even started, <laughs> they lost their lives. But the legacy they left was huge. In Ecuador today, the Warani people are not full of fear. They're not full of fear like they used to be, but they're a community that has been transformed to a loving community centred on Jesus. Wow! The change that Jesus produces in people is huge. And Jim Elliot's an example, and so is the Apostle Paul. Jesus upended society in the first century, and throughout history it is this same Jesus who continues to change our world. So continue to hold fast to Jesus, the game changer, and let him change your world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do come before you and say thank you. Thank you for changing our world. Thank you for bringing forgiveness, for making us safe and secure in your hands. We pray that we may all know this good news. In Jesus' name. Amen.